When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This holiday season, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us with their annual season of hope. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve, the foundation will deliver mortgage-free homes to dozens and dozens of America's catastrophically injured veterans, fallen first responder families, and Gold Star families. Bring hope to heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Extra, extra, read all about it. Y'all, The Bachelor is here. Now look, Matt James, they had him held up in Nima Colon in an actual castle. Now, chat, they put Claire ass on a Super 8 motel off Highway 65. You know what? Let me stop talking about the Super 8 hotel because once upon a time, they saved my damn life, okay? I had to stay in a Super 8 when I went to Mardi Gras for the first time as an adult. I was so damn scared to step in that tub, <laughs> that dingy, dirty, dusty tub, as Mariah Huck would say, that tub with all those ring around the roses and in the inside of that tub. I definitely thought I caught gingivitis just walking past that tub. Now, look, I know that's not possible, but everything is possible in New Orleans if you drink enough hurricanes, okay? <laughs> it's your weekly reality TV roundup episode of Me and You, The Housewives, and Marvel 2. Let's do it. Hey guys, this is the self-proclaimed season ticket holder of pop culture and your mama's favorite black geek. I'm Kendrick, host of the Me and You, The Housewives, and Marvel 2 podcast. A podcast that, through my own random and winding rants, discusses everything related to pop culture. Everything from reality TV, to the MCU, to the DCEU, to all of the hot topics being discussed on CNN, NBC, BET, ABC, and 123. Grab your wine glass, sit back, and get ready to cuss and fuss right along with me. Woo! Listen, y'all, it's a new year, 
2021. I had to give y'all a new introduction, give y'all a new little feel to the podcast. Listen, it is January and we got what? One, two, three, four, five, six, nine, and 10. We got a whole lot of different reality shows that we could talk about. I'm going to talk about some of them a little heavier than others. Y'all know how I do. You know, some of them, I just like to hit the, hit the biggies, you know, hit the big talking points on them. You know, some of them don't give enough to talk about, but you know, I, I uh, reach in my bag and I pull out some things, some Zuzus, some Wham Whams, some Twinkie Pies, some cookie cakes. And you know, I, I find a way I try to talk about it for you. Okay. But before I get into all that, Ooh, let me tell y'all about my past couple of weeks. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, my God, my God. First of all, if I call for anything throughout this recording, I apologize. Listen, I <laughs> I woke up the other day and just like had a little itch in my throat. It wasn't like I don't have a cold or anything, no running nose like that. It's just a little itch. You know how you be itching, you know, you, how your palms itch when you feel like money coming your way. My throat just doing a little itching. You know, I take some cough drops. You know, they do what they do for a little while, but then it start itching again. So if I start coughing or anything like that, uh, you'll be okay, damn it. And forgive me, Lord, for I, <laughs> I know not what I do. Listen, if y'all follow me on Instagram, then y'all know I took a mini vacation followed by a regular vacation <laughs> because my job has been stressing me the hell out. And I know you're probably thinking, how does being a podcaster stress you the hell out? That ain't my damn job. This is my side hobby right now. This ain't paying shit. So y'all y'all know what I mean. My nine to five, even though it's eight to five for me, they give me an hour long lunch break. I take an hour 30 most days. They'll be okay. They ain't fired me yet. So <laughs> see that when you, when you like me, you know how to leverage your job. They know I'm the one that trains everybody up there. So they not about to fire me or nothing like that. So they let me take my little hour. Look, I be having to go up to the park. I like to, you know, do my jogging. I like to listen to my uh, true crime podcast while I'm at the park, you know, specifically ones about murders in parks. So it makes me walk a little extra fast because I'd be a little scared. And listen, work has been stressing me out this year. I work in the hospitality industry and it has been decimated, decimated. I keep saying this year. Y'all know what I mean? The 2020. Ooh, y'all know that 2020, 2020, you can't even say it regularly, you gotta say it demonic, 2020, you know, it was a, a real, ooh, it was a booger bear of a year, as my mama say, it was a real booger bear, and my job had been just really stressing me out, so I knew around this time I was gonna take a lot of days off, but I was actually generous to them, I said, okay, I'm gonna take a mini vacation around Christmas, so what I did was, I took Christmas Eve off and I took that following Monday off. So I was off from Thursday and I came back on Tuesday. I worked Tuesday and Wednesday and then I was off last Thursday until the time you're probably hearing this podcast a week later. Listen, this vacation wasn't nearly as relaxing as I needed to be. Okay. One, my little cousin, my little almost four year old cousin was over the whole time. And if y'all don't know that age, is when they ask every question they can think of in a book. My God, my nerves have been danced and stomped on so damn badly this past week. Not only that, y'all know uh, Christmas Eve, we finally brought the new puppy home. Whew, between that puppy and that damn baby, and they hate each other too, which was a whole, a whole mess in itself. But this is what really ruined my vacation. My family, my dad's side of family, so... The people I live with, we celebrated uh, Christmas Day. 
you know, by celebrated, I mean, I ate the food when it got done. And then I went and watched Wonder Woman 1984. And then I watched Soul. You know, it was everything I needed to be. Both of those movies. Some of y'all hated Wonder Woman. Damn you. Okay. That's not my business. I'm not here or there. Uh, let me step out your business. Okay. I then celebrated with my dad's side of the family on the 26th. Now, we didn't have a lot of people, you know, not nearly as many as we normally would. It was literally just my dad's sister and her kids. Those are people I hang out with the most, like my cousins. They don't go anywhere. They, you know, they've everyone's been so safe this year or so the hell I thought. Child, we went over there, had a good time, drinking, cussing, and fussing. You know how we do at Christmas. The next day, my cousin, who is older, she has a daughter that's my age. She texts me. And she goes, um, you know, she did, you know, the Tamar pop. She said, um, let me tell you something. I said, what? She said, bitch. I said, what, bitch? She said, bitch. I said, what, bitch? She said, one of my cousins is not feeling well at all. And neither is her daughter. They're married. She said, neither one of them feel good. One has body aches. One has a headache. One can barely get out of bed. They're going to get COVID tested. I said, bitch, I know you fucking lying. She said, no, I'm not. They going to get COVID tested. I will keep you up to date. So at this point, I'm panicking. I'm like, you know what? I'll be okay. It's just it's all right. <laughs> not, even, not even worrying about them. I'm worried about me. I'm like, okay, it'll be okay. Whew, I will be all right. It's okay. About an hour later, because... One of them didn't really have symptoms, so they weren't going to rapid test them. The other one, they rapid tested. The one that they weren't going to rapid test, they felt her heart. That lady took off running. She said, oh, my God, your heartbreak is beating out of your chest. She took off running. My cousin said, uh-uh, slow your ass down. Where you going? Listen, that lady was gone to get them tests. Both of them tested positive for COVID. If you think, I, you would have thought I was waiting on the STD test the way I was sitting around here. It has been over 10 days now. I haven't had one symptom, but then suddenly today, my damn throat, well, no, yesterday, my throat get the itching and all like that. I'm like, Lord, I'm living in my last day. <laughs> I'm like, look, it ain't got nothing to do with the fact that uh, it's 30 something degrees outside and I sleep with my fan on medium. None of that affects the way my throat was feeling. But, you know, you know, my dramatic ass, I'm a hypochondriac. So every time somebody was saying they weren't feeling well. I'm like, you know what? My arm don't rotate the way it used to. My leg uh, twitching and, I, you know, my eyebrows used to rotate, but now they only go up and down, up and down like I got Botox. I don't know what's going on. So I've been hyperventilating and everything these past couple of days. I think I'm okay. I haven't had any symptoms. They told me it wasn't worth going to get tested unless I started having symptoms before that 10 day mark. I didn't, it's after 10 days. And now I'm starting to feel like I had a little cold, but I don't really have a cold because I'm not sniffling or coughing. I just had a little itch in my throat. Oh no. But if don't y'all get in my damn DM telling me I'm about to die either, uh, die your damn self motherfucker. Okay. Anyway, that was just, I just felt like I needed to get that off my chest. I needed to vent to somebody. You know, that's what the, the the main thing of this podcast is to allow me to vent, allow me to say some things, damn it. I know y'all want to say some stuff too. Y'all always do in my DMs. It's okay. But you know what? We got a lot of shows to talk about. My God, who who all is back? So y'all know Atlanta came back recently. I think we got episode four of them to talk about. 
We got The Bachelor. We've got The Real Housewives of Dallas are back. We've got Salt Lake City. Now, I don't know if somebody else is in there, but I feel like that's a damn enough. So we're going to talk about them four. And, of course, we're going to go ahead and kick it off with The Bachelor. Matt James, Matt James, our first black bachelor. And you know I got some thoughts. Let's go ahead and get into it. Before I start talking about Matt himself, let me just say, I don't know if it's because I'm a new Bachelor watcher or, you know, my my brand of reality TV may be just a, a, a wee bit more ghetto. I don't know. But I feel like the main thing missing from The Bachelor is that the, all the girls, even The Bachelorette, the girls and the guys, they all need nicknames. Now, you know, I was raised on Flavor of Love. And, I like, the girl that came in with the crown and the tiara, Queen Victoria, or call her Queenie, that would have been the best thing in the world. But we just ran her calling her Victoria. Ain't that some shit? I just, like, my favorite part about the Flavor Flav naming the girls was the fact that, you remember, they would reveal the girl's real name after everything was said and done after she got sent home. And most of the time, their real names were more fucked up than the name that he gave them. I used to love that shit because we would, like, sit there and pause the TV. We were, like, trying to guess their real name before it popped up on TV. Before they got rid of them slave names, and they said, oh, why am I calling them slave names? <laughs> They're nicknames that Flavor Flav gave. They Flav names. Let's call them that. He would get them them nicknames. Like, Flav would call the girl uh, Kitty Cat, but her real name would be, like, AstraZeneca. It's like, wait a minute. You could have left. You could have let the lady keep that name. Just, you remember Safari? Her real name, Monique told that girl, you got to get rid of that name. That name is terrible. He, you know, he shouldn't have given you that name. What's your real name, honey? Safari said, Safari, that is my real name. It was fucked up enough that he let me keep it. Like, I, I don't know what else you want me to say. Let's go ahead and do a little bio on our new bachelor, our new black bachelor. His name is Matt James. He's, what, 28 years old, somewhere in the upper 20s. Grew up in one of the Carolinas. Look. Y'all know me. I be half-ass paying attention <laughs> to these shows. I be trying to get the gist of what they're saying. But you know me, I I be out doing all kinds of shit. I be doing my little lip scrub. You know, I got one of the scrubbers where you scrub all that dead skin off your lip and you put a little bit of that, uh, that sweet sugar on there and you scrub it all off. I be doing all kinds of shit while I be watching these reality shows. But listen, I always get enough out of it to talk to you about it, okay? That's all you need to know. He from one of the Carolinas. That's the gist of what you need to get from this. He now lives in New York, though. I did get that part. He's a real estate broker. He works with inner city kids that, you know, they made sure to highlight that. They couldn't let y'all know that uh, he beat on women or anything like that. They're like, nah, he worked with inner city kids. He's a good man. Apparently, unlike all the other bachelors and bachelorettes, he wasn't on another season. Apparently, he got famous from being in the background or quarantining with one of his white friends. I don't know. Somebody else that was on The Bachelor. And I guess they saw him in the back. They were like, who that, who that black man is? And he was like, oh, that's my friend. You know, he you know, he looking for love. Why don't you, you, you should hire him. Look, I might be making all this up. I don't know what the hell that conversation went like, but it ain't really none of my business. I know one thing. They told us multiple times that his dad is black and his mom is white. So if there's any confusion, Matt James is mixed. Matt James is mixed. Matt James is mixed. Matt James is mixed. Because they made sure they let us know about 15 times on this episode. Matt James is rich. I'm, ooh, not rich. Lord, see that? That's how rumors get started. People like me. They made sure to let us know that his daddy left him at an early age and he was raised by a single mother. So, I mean, there you go. I guess that'll play into 
<sighs> Let me stop. Okay. You know, <laughs> I, <laughs> you know, I don't know where we going with this narrative, you know, about the, <laughs> the black day are running out on, I don't know, but we'll look, I'm, I'm going, you know me, I'm trying not to be pessimistic. I'm trying to come into 2021 as an optimistic person. So we're just going to say that this is all, you know, wonderful stuff. You know, he's looking for the opportunity of love. Uh, I don't know what else it was. But after they finally got done talking about him, they just started highlighting some of the women. Now, I will say this group of women. Wow. There was so many accomplished, well-spoken insanely beautiful women in this group we got to meet the ballerina uh who name i wasn't paying attention to y'all know i'll be doing other shit now don't don't judge me hell i might have been on instagram talking to one of y'all asses y'all know y'all be bothering me now i might have been on instagram talking to one of y'all it was a ballerina who name i don't know there was abigail who was deaf she seemed super sweet there was Kristen, the lawyer now we gonna talk about Kristen later Kristen, you the bomb.com Maggie, who was from Ethiopia, I might be saying her Maggie or Maggie, one of them. It was short for something else, though. So I'm thinking that she was going by Maggie, who is from Ethiopia, but she moved here to get her doctorate. And she got it. I think it was in Big Pharma. I don't know. Uh, Lauren, who was a black attorney, or maybe that was the one I was talking about. But it was two black lawyers. And I was like, yes, God, we need more, y'all. Y'all see what just happened at the damn uh, Capitol building. See if we have more black lawyers, we can be suing the hell out of these people. And they wouldn't be running up on... uh on uh Kamala Harris and and uh Mike Pence and all them people on there trying to make these laws. They would they would keep their asses at home if we had a few more black lawyers. So maybe we'd get some more maybe Lauren or you know tell her cousin to go to grad school. You know, you can go to U of M, University of Memphis. They got a real good law program. You know listen, I <laughs> once upon a time I wanted to go there, but listen, I got sidetracked. I started uh doing hospitality. I got in the MBA and I was refusing to get a government any more of my goddamn loan money. I was like, look, you know what? Let me stop. Focus, Kendrick. Because I was about to go off on a whole rant about the American education <laughs> and about how we can. You know what? Let me stop. Okay. Because I was about to get out on a, a whole nother. Anyway, there was a lot of it was a young graduate student who was talking about like, you know, representation and all that kind of stuff. It was a lot. It was, I mean, it was a lot of great ladies that Matt was going to meet. Now, here's the main thing I want to talk about. Chris Harrison is about to let him meet all of the bachelorettes that are coming to, you know, win and swoon his heart and stuff. And Matt says, can I talk to you about a few things beforehand? You know, he, he did that taste move. Can I please decide? Can I talk to you really quickly? You know, he, he said, okay. Then, you know, Chris Harrison, I used to that. He's like, what the hell you want to talk about? These ladies getting ready to pull up in these uh raggedy ass cars. They driving up here to come meet your ass. And you want to talk about something. He gives this. Okay. Let, let me say this. Cause I've talked with a few of you online about this moment. He gives this, what I feel is kind of a preemptive speech about basically he says that he feels the pressure and you know, I, I, I just feel so much pressure. You know, I'm black, I'm white. You know, that was one of the many times he told us, boy, we know I'm black, I'm white. You know, some people feel like I should be with someone that looks like this. And some say I should be with someone that looks like this. And by the end of the whole conversation, they wanted you to know that love wins no matter what. And love doesn't look like the way it was. Now, see, 
Y'all know I'm pessimistic by nature. I talked to a couple of y'all and y'all were like, no, that's probably the way it was shot. My pessimistic ass was thinking, okay, it's the year where networks and people are finally trying to say that black lives matter. I believe that this man, his final four, six, eight, whatever, probably wasn't filled with people that look like him. And so they might've shot a scene to kind of put in there to give some black people kitchen table talk. If y'all know what that means, that means the conversations that black people might have in their homes, but don't necessarily have in front of white people or people outside of our race. So it seems like he was trying to peel the veil back to say that I know everyone out there is going to expect me to be with a black woman, but I love all kinds of women. So that might not be what it is. And now I don't know what it is. I'd love to hear all y'all opinions about that. I'm pessimistic. I don't know, but I hope he don't play in none of these people's faces. If you're not attracted to them, send them home. Keep the ones that you are attracted to and that you want to get to know. Don't have these women out here strung along for love and then your ass uh, pick somebody that you knew you wanted from the first damn episode, okay? Just like I did with The Bachelorette, I'm going to talk about just a couple of the women that kind of stuck out to me on this first episode when they were getting out of the, uh, I was going to say out of the limo, but you know, they asked to pull up in anything, a spaceship, a, a, a 1992 Caprice, uh, uh, 1989 Pacer, you know, they'll, they'll pull up in anything. So the first one that I really noticed was Kayla. Kayla pulled up in that thing. She pulled up in a pickup truck. that was a stick shift. She was, listen, I've got a pickup truck outside of my window right now that I whip across Memphis. Now, if I whip it too damn hard, the, uh, the brakes up fly out that motherfucker and I can't stop. And I'll be going all across that expressway. Good luck, everybody else. But, you know, it, it still, it's mine, it's paid off, and I love it, okay? It gets up to, you know, 80 miles per hour. You know, don't don't go too far over there. You know, it'll start shaking. It'll start shaking a little bit, so don't, don't go too damn fast. Another thing that I love, do y'all remember back on Laguna Beach back in the day? They had the different Alexes. They had, you know, two different Alexes. One was not a main cast member, but she was on the show enough to where we had to differentiate the Alexes. You know, one was Kristen's best friend. One was a cast member that was fucking Jason, you know. So they had Alex H and they had Alex M. I love those moments on reality TV. And we got one on The Bachelor. We got Serena P. And we got Serena C. Now, I don't know which Serena I'm rocking with right now. To be honest with you, I don't remember which one looks like what. I just know that neither one of them look like Serena Williams, okay? So we're going to move on past them. Next up is Lauren, the black corporate attorney, who I think is the most beautiful woman on this planet. My God. I didn't realize the first time she was talking, but when they showed her the next time after she had gotten out of the car and was meeting with him face to face, I said that is probably one of the most striking women I have ever seen in my life. I am so glad that Juan Dixon is not here to see this woman because he might not want to marry uh, Robin. And then that'll really upset me. You know, I love them together. I'm the third Dixon child, even though I'm probably closer in age to them. Then <laughs> you know what I mean? All you need to take away from that is that Lauren is very beautiful. Next up, we got Kate or Katie. I think it was Katie. Katie with the dildo. Let me tell you something. That dildo has seen 
some things, okay? That's a pandemic deal, though, okay? That she she gave that man that deal, though, and then she had to take it back from him. She said, now, look, them fantasy suites, they, they a long way away. I'm going to need this for a little while. I'll give it back then, but look. The way these women, uh, she said, I'm not trying to be up in here scissoring with these other women. Let me have this deal, though, back. I'll give it back to you after a while. And when you propose, then I'll throw it away. Until then, let me keep this deal. Uh, the deal, though, was sparkling. It was shiny. She spent some money on that deal, though. That's one of them uh, Fredericks of Hollywood deal, though, when they started doing sex. You know what? Let me go on. Okay. Next up was Kit. She pulled up in the Bentley with the rocker dress and the rocker boots. And then right after her, Queen Victoria, who I am 98.3% sure was drunk as hell. Now, see, if I was on The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, I'd be just as drunk as their asses were. Victoria came in there. The men were carrying her like she was an actual queen. Four men carrying her into the uh, Nima Colon Castle. That's what we're going to call it because I don't know what it's called. Uh, the Nima Castle. Nima Colon Castle. They were carrying her in there. Her ass was rocking and swaying on that thing, drunk as hell. But you know what? I'd be drunk too. So, uh, what's the girl's name? Queen Victoria. Queenie, <laughs> Queenie from Benjamin Button. I'm not mad at you. The thing I love more than anything else is that Matt did a prayer to open up the cocktail party. Now, don't you know? Don't don't get worried because there was a dildo sitting dead ass in the middle of the room while he was doing this damn prayer. But it was still the thought that count. The girl, she asked, she said, "You're so emotional. Are you religious?" The girl said, "No, but it was just nice." Girl, we <laughs> we. You said, wait. Now, see, I thought you was going to say, you know, you had been raised on the Clark sisters. Or you, why do, how do I always find a way to bring up the Clark sisters on this park podcast? This is a pop culture podcast, and I bring up the Clark sisters probably every other episode. I have walked in the rain like my. Uh, now, see, I'm trying to sing, and I don't even know all the damn words. Jesus is going to strike me down. I hope it. Ooh, and it's raining outside too. Let me quit. <laughs> At the time of this recording, it's raining. If I don't finish this and it uploads on its own, just know that God got me for being ugly. I'm just playing. Look, we were talking about Twinkie Clark today. Twinkie, I'm sorry. In the name of Twinkie, the Father, and the Holy Ghost, I apologize for that deal, though, joke, okay? At some point during cocktail hour, we got. Hashtag dildo gate. <laughs> now, if this isn't a 2021 thing, I don't know what is. The girl tapped the lady on the shoulder and asking could she get some time with Matt and tapped her with the damn dildo. Now, the question I want to pose to you all is, would you be mad? <laughs> this is so fucking stupid. Would you be mad if somebody tapped you on the shoulder with a dildo to get your attention? Any answer other than, Hell yeah, I'd be mad. It's incorrect. You don't know where that thing had been. It looked shiny when she was using it, so I don't know what the sheen or the shine was. Ugh, you nasty, Katie. See that? That's why I would pick Queen Victoria over Katie any day. Queen Victoria just would have a good time with her drunk ass. Katie over there uh, slapping people with dildos, took it in the bathroom with her. Now, look, if you put that damn dildo down. Matt should have said something. He was too busy laughing. That man didn't give a damn. He had already knew who he wanted anyway. He was like, look, I'm going to just keep you around so we can keep these ratings up high, okay? <laughs> He's like, I'm the first black bachelor. I don't know how these people going to be tuning in, but hopefully they tune in anyway. Okay. We then finally get to see Queen Victoria 
interact with Matt one of the like three times of the night she pulled that man aside. Now see they were mad at her because she had multiple times to talk to him. It wasn't her fault. She went to she all she did was went and politely asked them people and they left. Y'all too damn scared to get up and talk to the man. That's y'all problem, not hers. She walked up to one of these girls and she said, Excuse me, princess, but the queen is here. Now look, you know I love that Mariah Hook energy, okay? That uh Nene leaks that uh I was about to say Dr. Hamlin here now. <laughs> you know you y'all know the kind of energy I'm talking about. I don't think I have any choice but to kind of stand with Queen Victoria right now. And I know that's so weird because I don't know if Queen Victoria in real life, she's like she's like Cameron on the Real Housewives of Dallas. Love watching her on TV would have to go the other way if I saw her in real life. Cause I know for a fact I don't want to talk to your ass in real life. Queen Victoria wasn't making any damn sense when she was talking to him. He said something was like a fire hose, you know, because you, you, you try to drink from a fire hose. And, you know, she said, well, I'm a great fire hose and I'd make you a delicious drink. Girl, where? Girl, where? What do you, where? Queen Victoria showed the blackest part of her ass all night. <laughs> that girl ain't even black, but she showed the blackest part of her ass this entire episode. And I, I, I lived every time she did. Now, the only other thing besides that you need to know is that she did get a rose. <laughs> and Abigail, who was, uh, the, she was so sweet, the sweet woman. I think Abigail was the one that told her she was deaf. I think she's the one that got the first impression rose. And everybody else was just happy to stick around. You know, they're trying to build them social media following. So they all happy they got their roles. As he sent a couple of them home. It was a couple of girls. I didn't, we didn't even get to, you know, hear them talk that he sent them the fuck home. So we'll tune in next week. We'll see uh, how many others he sent home or if we get to know any others or if Queen Victoria got an arrest record or a sugar daddy record. They said somebody like sugar daddies. I don't know who it is, but I'm willing to bet that I'm a, stick around and find out let's go ahead and talk about the real housewives of dallas the most interesting thing to me about this opening of the dallas housewives season five i think we're we're basically solidifying cameron's spot as the center peach as i call them the main peach holder or the star holder whatever the hell y'all are down there it was cameron got an entire segment to herself, we didn't see any of the housewives. She got an entire segment. The show opened up with Cam and her dog. Do you know, like, wow, wow, Bethany, wow. But I was here for it. You know, I like Cam on the show. I like Cam on the show. Don't get it twisted now, okay? It opens up with that long scene. She talks about how Court basically killed her damn dog. He didn't give her some medicine or something. They got an autopsy. They weren't sure what killed him, but she was still mad. It took her six months before she can get another dog. Yada, 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 then commercial. I just really want to, it, it, I mean, it was nothing. The best thing about this scene was the trainer named Brad. Now, Brad, if by some chance you hear this, hey, but you know, if you don't, it's okay. But that was the main thing. I just wanted to emphasize how we... I Cam, I get you the Nene leaks now. I guess now I don't know if you can do all that, but we'll give it to you. We go from there. Once we come back from commercial break, we see Stephanie and Brandy hanging out, having some uh best good girlfriend time in the backyard. But at the same time, 
we get to meet Dr. Tiffany Moon. Now, you know, we love a doctor. Now, y'all know I was going up for Wendy all season of Potomac. We get to meet Dr. Tiffany Moon, and she's brought in through Deandra. Actually, she's not even brought in <laughs> brought in through Deandra. She's brought in through D. D says that she's the best anesthesiologist this side of the Mississippi River, and her and Deandra became good friends and all like that. Long story short, these two scenes are playing simultaneously because we're going to talk about the video. Now, we all have some thoughts and some opinions about the way this was handled in the premiere episode. So let me just go ahead and hmm, let's go ahead and talk about it because Deandra asked Dr. Moon, has she seen the video? And she says, yes, I have. Then we cut back to basically Brandy getting the victim edit. You know, it seems sometimes when Bravo doesn't want to let a cast member go, they'll do everything they can to make that person seem more likable or seem like they're going to have a redemption arc somehow throughout the season. You know, they did that with Kelly Dodd on Watch What Happens Live earlier sometime late last year, Kelly finally made her appearance. They were giving her the platform to apologize and to say black lives matter and to say that COVID isn't a hoax and all this kind of stuff while everybody else is sitting at home like, girl, fuck you. (laughs) They talk about all this and Brandy basically talks about to Stephanie, by the way, how she's considering suicide and she didn't want to be here anymore. Saying all this to Stephanie, Stephanie, who has been very open about her suicidal past. Now, Brandy, I hope all of that was genuine, because if it wasn't, that's a low thing to do in front of your best friend that actually deals with those issues. Now, Dr. Tiffany, later on in the episode, she says it exactly right. Why the hell are we treating her like she's the victim in this situation when she wasn't the one that was even offended? That's the craziest shit in the world. But listen, we'll talk about that more down the line, because... I can't listen. DeAndre was telling Dr. Moon, you know, oh no, you know, she's a great, you know that she's a great person, right? Yeah, she's just such great. She didn't mean anything by it and all like that. Listen, it's already bad enough. Y'all got this one Asian woman attempting to represent the entire Asian community through y'all's eyes, at least. Us watching at home, we all know better. We know that she's one woman. She is not representative of the entire community. But y'all are trying to make it seem like, okay, if Dr. Moon accepts that apology, oh, then the entire Asian community, and I'm talking about everybody that is encompassed under Asia, everybody, Chinese, Japanese, Korea, it don't matter, everybody will forgive us. Nobody can be mad as long as Dr. Moon says that it's okay. Now, see, y'all setting that woman up for failure. She came across in this episode super likable. We all like her. But if y'all are going to attempt to make her the voice of the Asian community, that is not going to go well. Because if she decides to accept that apology, that's one thing. She can move forward with her relationship with Brandy and all like that. You can't say that, like, my people aren't offended or uh, Asian people aren't offended or whatever you want to try to say. Y'all, Bravo, Dallas, Cam, a.k.a. the new queen, I guess. Don't do it. Don't set that lady up for failure. 
Fast forward and Cam is having a garage sale. Now that seems like the most uncam thing to do, but she's doing it and I enjoyed every minute of it. You know what? I love Cam and Court's relationship. It's so random, but I've always felt like he was a great husband for her. I feel like as anybody would kind of relate, it's kind of easy to talk about Cam, like super easy to talk about Cam but he never makes her feel like she's stupid. He might not know what he's agreeing to, but he always goes along with it. And he never makes her feel dumb or anything like that. And I love that. You hear you married her. You better not make her feel stupid. You, you be the dumb one. Hell. But anyway, Tiffany and Deandra pulled up in that thing. They pulled up in a drop top something. I don't know what it was, but they pulled the fuck up to their garage sale. Now, I guess they do garage sales a little differently than I'm used to in Dallas. They, listen, that shit was so highly priced. Girl, fuck you and the damn $500 ostrich dress. Don't nobody want that shit. But what was really funny was that uh, Cam's big La Cienega Boulevard ass, ass feet done them damn shoes were the biggest seller. Now, I don't know how you hear you selling all them size 11 shoes, but somebody was buying them. You know, it's hell. You know, drag queens live everywhere. It might have been so, you know, some of the girls, some of the girls might have came through. They might have needed some new heels for uh, the roundup. Some, you know, they put on them shows. They had to get some new shoes. Cam, I, don't, I ain't mad at you. She said, Court has some last feet, but we're going we to move right on. <laughs> we're going to move right past it, okay? Before I go to the next scene, let me kind of back up again because I I don't it's hard not to mention. I feel like they're kind of forcing Brandy down Tiffany's throat. And they keep doing this thing where they keep saying, you know, oh, and you two should talk. You know, y'all, y'all have a lot to talk about. What what is that? Like, why are y'all uh I don't know. This season of Dallas, y'all gonna y'all gonna have to do better. Like y'all should know by now in a season of justice that we're in. You got to do better. They keep forcing Brandy down Tiffany's throat. And the lady, I mean, my God, the lady graduated medical school at the age of 23. I think she's more than capable of making decisions about who she wants in her presence and who she doesn't. Y'all don't need to force Brandy down her throat. If she wants to be friends with Brandy, she'll do that. If she's seen the video and she wants to accept Brandy's apology because she feels that Brandy is a great person, do that. She'll do that. Stop for I mean, she hasn't even met Brandy yet on the scene and they already got her. Uh, they, they sent her up to be mother Teresa and the group a racist ass mother Teresa. Ain't that some shit. Let's go ahead and move on because then we get to see Tiffany's house. God damn. That's a big house. Have y'all seen that video? God damn. With that little baby. God damn. That's what I felt watching Tiffany's house. She had a wine cellar, the high ceilings, that beautiful living room, everything. We learned that she graduated Cornell at the age of 19. She graduated med school at the age of 23. Woo! She, she, they had love in that club. I love it. Now, listen, I love the fact that despite both of them had all that education and shit, she still met her nickel in the club. You know, she went to the club and she found that nickel. And they got married and lived happily ever after. Now, look, I remember being in grad school, getting my MBA, and walking through the club and then some nasty nickel 
uh, grab my ass and you know all like that kind of stuff. You can find love in the club. You just got to look for it. Beyonce and Usher and Justin Timberlake, they told us that years ago. You can find love in the club. Don't be too afraid to find love in the club. You just got to, you know, don't be expecting to meet a husband there, you know, but you can find love in the club. Everybody don't find a husband there, but some of y'all go to different clubs, you know. Some of y'all go to the holes in the wall where they play a little, uh, <laughs> where they play some male waiters and some uh, Nelly Tiger Travis and, you know, that kind of blues music. You can't you can't go find a husband there. You got to go where they playing like the, uh, sure they got the maple bottom jeans, boots, with like that, you know, you got to go to one of them kind of clubs. You can't go where like it's heavy bass knocking and you, I listen. I'm gonna put out an episode called "How to Get a Man One on One." I'm gonna teach y'all all the tricks, okay? Now I ain't never been able to keep one, but I'm gonna teach you how to get one, okay? So we'll I'll put that out and we'll just move on past this because y'all are too deep off in my damn business right now, okay? We finally get to the focal point of the episode, which is Stephanie's pool party. Now, Tiffany walked in and Brandy must have thought that she saw a damn ghost. She, it, it felt like she was having a well, <laughs> a reckoning. She knew Bravo had brought on this new cast member and she was Asian. She was like, oh shit, oh shit, what I'm about to do now, what I'm about to do. You shouldn't have said the shit, heifer. Now you got to deal with it, okay? Don't be mad at Tiffany for coming in and being smart and all that kind of shit and your ass over there uh, talking about, we're drinking Carrie's uh, famous margaritas. Don't nobody give a damn. What about that videotape? What about the damn videotape, Brandy? After the two redheads, Brandy and Jen, we also meet Jen this episode, by the way. She seemed cool. It's kind of a throwaway character. I don't know. I hate to call her a throwaway character, but, you know, it, I don't know how much we're going to be getting to her, but... Uh, after they uh, Tony the Tiger asses go and compare them angry red poises in the bathroom trying to see who had the angrier red or poise. Carrie, who is low-key messier than Giselle, <laughs> she stands up and says, I'd like you to go around the table and tell the positives and negatives of being in quarantine. I said, oh shit, here we go. Here go that shit. People talking about their businesses, spending time with their kids, etc., etc. Brandy immediately somehow brings it around to their videotape. Tiffany must have rolled them eyes and sucked that drink through that straw. She, you, you would have thought she was having a damn seizure the way she rolled her eyes. Brandy started doing that damn fake ass on cue ass crying. You know what? Whew. Brandy. I'm not even going to get you together the way you need to be gotten together because online I've seen it. They've already been getting your ass together, but you sit up there doing all that crying. And I'm so glad that Tiffany sat there and said, what the hell is she crying for? She ain't the one that's offended. I don't understand that. Brandy, y'all got to teach me about this new school. Uh, I'm not the one that uh, got offended or hurt, but I'm going to still cry about it because it'll still make me look like the victim shit. But you know what? If it works for y'all, package it and sell it. You know, it's a lot of people out here that need uh, that kind of, what's it called? Uh, that kind of Olivia Pope-ass training. So you go ahead and you do that, Brandy. I guess I won't be mad at too much. All them damn kids you got now, you need some way to feed them hell. Now, before I move on to talk about our peaches down there in Atlanta, them peaches that are getting ready to get cobbled down there in Atlanta, Carrie, Carrie Brittenham, bring your ass to the microphone. I, I got to talk to you about quick, baby. Baby, I got to talk to you. It, it, it's something that's just not sitting right with my spirit. Carrie, 
you said that to Brandy, if people won't forgive you, then just fuck them because you know, you're a good person and yada, yada, yada. I am so glad that producers see through all the bullshit that goes on on these reality TV shows. Their producer asked her the question that everybody in America was wondering. They said, what's the difference between Leanne's bullshit towards you last year and Brandy's bullshit towards the entire Asian community this year? The difference is... Leanne wasn't apologetic, but Brandy is. What kind of fucking sense does that make? Leanne apologized a million times. That don't mean that Leanne was right, first of all. Leanne said that shit, she was wrong. She should have been fired. She should have been reprimanded. All Everything that she got, she deserved. But that don't mean that Brandy is off the hook. And Carrie, I was hoping that you'd be a little more uh, was even keeled than that. It's obvious you, we, we know that you didn't like Leanne. But just because you're friends with Brandy doesn't mean that you have to encourage the bullshit. You can easily say, you know what? Brandy is wrong as hell and she needs to have all of these consequences come her way. Yada, yada, yada. You don't have to stand in your friends wrong no matter what. And it seems like that's what you're going to be doing. Now, look, Carrie, them people. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm just going to tell you what the people said now. You know, I'm I'm nothing but a beacon of the people. The people said you already damn near white anyway. <laughs> they said you you they said you got to tread lightly, Carrie. Then people are already ready to call you white heifer and all this kind of stuff now. Okay, you got to be careful uh, defending Brandy. Then people go forget that you supposedly uh, Latina now. You know they listen. I'm gonna let you learn and listen on your own. I'm gonna leave you the hell alone because I'm ready to talk about our girls in Atlanta. So let's go ahead and get our peaches cobbled. We start the episode off with some good old-fashioned fourth wall breaking. We see Kenya, Cynthia, and Mallory, who is Cynthia's sister. They're going to do yoga. You know, they quarantined. Listen, y'all know how quarantine was. The one none of us going outside. We was eating everything in sight. They were like, look, we trying to stretch and get back in these wedding gowns and these bridemaid dresses. Bridemaid, as Nene says. We trying to fit up in this stuff. Let's go do some yoga. They go to yoga and get on the subject of Mike and Cynthia's wedding. Ooh, Cynthia was heated in that thing. Kenya wouldn't let her get a word out. Cynthia said, girl, if you don't shut the hell up and let me talk. Cynthia finally was quiet. Cynthia said, look, let's go ahead and break the wall all the way down. I love the fact that on every single housewives show that's aired in the past year we've gotten dramatic fourth wall breaking moments i'm talking about on new jersey when Teresa said she was mad she didn't want the producers to show that she threw the drink and she stormed off um in beverly hills bravo bravo fucking bravo in new york when dorinda went a damn fool at the mention of tinsley's name what else is there in atlanta this moment (laughs) In, I can't even think of the damn cities, but y'all know what I mean. Every single city literally had a fourth wall break. I don't know about OC because I don't watch them girls no more. Okay. So we're going to go past them. But Cynthia, listen, I like Cynthia, okay? Cynthia has really grown on me over the years. I used to think that she was taking up space too, but she really adds a whole nother layer to this show. Cynthia said, the people in the show didn't tell me that I had to get engaged. They didn't tell me I had to get married on camera either. Hell, they damn sure didn't tell me I had to get divorced. I know that's right. Peter ass left and moved. We ain't seen Peter since. I know that's right, Cynthia. You better tell Kenya to get the fuck about your business, okay? 
Candy then goes to eat with Kenya. Oh, look, I don't know if this the same day. You know, Kenya ass probably went and did that yoga. And then she like me. She like, man, let's go. Girl, I just got done working out. Let's go get uh that new lasagna place down the street with some egg rolls. And, t- and sh- I, I know that's right, Kenya. They went and then they started discussing uh Portia and the Black Lives Matter movement. She asked Candy to send the invitations to uh she apparently she's throwing Cynthia some kind of engagement party that'll be on next week's episode, but she don't want to send the invitation, so she told Candy to Candy said it's cause you know ain't nobody gonna come to that shit if you throwing it. <laughs> I know that's right, Candy. I will come, no Kenya. But listen, at this point, I ain't been outside in so long. I'll go to any damn thing. Kenny, if you invite me, I'll come. Shit. Kenya says at some point that Portia isn't protesting correctly, not because she's doing it for clout at this point, she said, but because she wasn't wearing a mask at one of the protests. Now, I'm wondering what protest she's talking about because I haven't seen that. Every time I see like Portia online, you know, it's from, it's from somebody's video phone and it's her with a mask on going through the streets with everybody else. Everyone usually has their signs and stuff. She says someone doesn't have a mask on. I don't know. Chat was really funny is that them people been pulling up uh, pictures of Kenya at Cynthia's wedding. They were like, uh-uh, ma'am, that uh, 250-person-ass wedding you went to, you uh, you didn't have no mask on, sis. And I see Kenya, you know these people's going to find them damn pictures. You know certain stuff you can't bring up on the show. Whether you're right or wrong, you can't bring it up because them fans going to get your ass together every time. Now, see, keep that reasoning in mind. That's the reason Cynthia, uh, Kenya brought up at first. But them true feelings come out later on in the episode. I'm not going to lie to y'all. The storyline I'm most interested this season, you know, of course, I love seeing uh, the Black Lives Matter movement from the perspective of black women. But I am so interested in Drew and Ralph's relationship. I think Drew Sedora and her family are the best addition to this show in a while. Not only can Drew hold her own in front of the camera, she has a lot going on in her household. And that makes for great television. They have some backyard counseling with somebody that isn't Dr. Sherry. Now, see, Dr. Sherry or Dr. Jeff. Now, see, that's the real thing. Now, okay, now, look, I don't know if they just couldn't afford them (laughs) or what, but I was happy to see that they actually letting another black woman get some shine on camera because, you know, all them damn reality shows, uh, whether it's the Braxtons, whether it's Love and Hip Hop, whether it's married to medicine, you only go see Dr. Sherry and you might see Dr. Jeff, nobody else. And you see that one ass black man. That's the lawyer. There ain't no other lawyers or therapists in them cities. They got that same one. So it was refreshing to see this one woman doing some backyard counseling on this episode. And whoo, they needed every ounce of counseling that they asses could get. Let me tell you the most interesting thing about this scene though. I watched this episode, actually. I had a house full that day. I'm not a house full. You know, nowadays you got to specify because people will be like, you breaking guidelines. Damn, y'all. I didn't have a house full. It was me, my mother, my sister, and my uh, little cousin that I told y'all about earlier. And the puppy, of course. The puppy was somewhere barking, uh, being a little shithead. But we watched this episode together, and it's so funny and so interesting hearing different generations watch the same thing and give their opinions. Me and my sister, of course, are watching this and we're like, oh my God, Ralph is ridiculous. He needs to do better. He's a mess. He don't need to be doing all the stuff that he's doing, going around. 
leave and all this kind of stuff, yada, yada, yada. My mom, on the other hand, she is literally, Barbara, this is Shirley, one of them kind of people. She's like, that woman needs to let that man be a man because she got set off when Drew said, I allow him to be the man in my house. She was like, you allow him? That's a man. That man go do... I was like, child... I can't believe I was raised by you. <laughs> but what's funny is, I know a lot of y'all out there can probably relate to that. The difference in opinions about stuff like that, relationships, finances, all this kind of stuff, as compared to our parents, probably worlds apart. It was actually just funny actually witnessing that in the same room because I couldn't imagine seeing somebody watch the same thing with Ralph that I was watching and actually defend his ass. That was a little weird. Now, if you were just defending him because he's fine, that's a whole nother thing. You know, Ralph, you know, looking like he's looking with his uh, 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 backyard burger-eating ass. But that's a whole nother issue. I want to highlight, though, that condescending-ass touch that he gave her after she poured her heart out about uh, her mother and her father's relationship that shit would have set me off. See, they would have had to get Dr. Sherry and Dr. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Drew in there because I would have been throwing all kind of shit around. That, that woman wouldn't have came back no damn motive for that damn backyard therapy. I would have been so goddamn mad. And I know y'all know what I'm talking about. That was the most condescending thing I've ever seen in my life. And I would have thrown everything in my path to get him to fuck off of me. We come to learn, though, that everything that Ralph does connects back to his relationship with his mother he talks about how he had to leave her house because he hated the way that she treated his father and he she tried to turn his father and him against each other so he left and he wouldn't come back and it wasn't until she actually apologized and admitted something that he was willing to forgive her and all this kind of stuff listen ralph we all got pain for seven years i sung with you i was your sister Listen, Ralph, you got to get the fuck over it. You got a whole wife and kids now. That lady was talking to you about some real stuff and you still mad at holding on about stuff with your mom in the past. And that is connected to every relationship you've had going forward. Ralph, look, me and you, we going to go to counseling together because I got some things I want to get off my chest too. I'm sick of motherfuckers too. Now, them people, I, I'll probably spend up like, you know, it'd be like $200 an hour to go to therapy. I'm going to use like 45 of the minutes, but there are other 15 you can have for free. And we're not going to Dr. Sherry or uh, uh, Dr. Jeff ass. We're going to try to go to some real, we're going to go to some real licensed people, okay? Well, I'm, I'm sick of their ass. We're going to go to some real people that we see on some other reality shows because I know damn well Dr. Sherry and them can't be giving all of these people they 100% if you see in the whole damn Atlanta. So we go find some other people. We go go to it and I'm going to tell them that you can have my last 15 minutes, okay? Child, let me stop joking about Ralph because we actually find out in this episode that his dad had a heart attack and, dad, and died. Whew. Now, you know, anytime a father passes or a parent passes, it tugs at my heartstrings because I've been through the same thing. This particular scene really hit home because he talked about all the stuff that he wanted to do with his father that he never got the opportunity to as an adult. Now, that is the thing. Ooh, it shut. Listen, it, it hit me right there, right in my chest. He talked about not being able to take his dad 
to a football game like he had always planned to. His dad loved football, but time got away from him and he never got the opportunity. Now that he was a full-fledged working adult who could afford things, he couldn't even take his father to a football game. And that is the one thing I relate to more than anything in life. I had all these plans, like being a working adult, just surprising my parents with all kind of stuff. I think that's the reason I spoil my mother the way I do now, and I've created a monster. I think that's probably why, because I never got to do it for my father. My father passed for me, and I was living in another state probably when I was, ooh, what, he passed when I was 26, I think, 27 maybe. But I had just moved back down here, and like six months later, he passed. So I never got the opportunity to do all the things that like Ralph was talking about. So that scene, whoo, it really, it, it, it hurt me. So let me move on to some more comedy. Cause I've been broke down and cried on this podcast. That's I say goodbye. Lauren calls and invites everybody except Kenya to the Porsche appreciation party. Now, Cynthia, she caught that shade when Lauren said something like, you know, I want to invite all the people. <laughs> what she said, all of the people that mean right or something like that. Turns out she was right. Lauren was apprehensive. Uh, Kenya said, you know, when she when Cynthia called to invite her, yeah, I'll go briefly. You know, I'll do this and I'll do that. But, you know, we get to that later on about that invitation being declined. Side note, the funniest shit in the world was Cynthia practicing their wedding speech on that damn mannequin. First of all, where that mannequin come from? Second of all, Mike said, my titties ain't that damn big, so you ain't practicing with me. But listen, Cynthia, that's some relatable shit. I used to practice. Listen, I like to practice on stuff when I'm going to argue and cuss people the fuck out. See, I used to do that. I used to practice all of my points for when I was going to cuss my boss out because my boss knew when she had a good cussing coming. I would pull her to the side. I'd be like, this ain't no employee shit. I'm pulling you aside. I, you know, you, you got to disarm them a little bit. i say, I'm pulling you aside, friend to friend. Let's go and talk. And I'd cuss her ass from sun up to sundown. But I ain't got to worry about her no more because she got fired. But see, let me quit because they just announced that her ass might be coming back. So but while I'm over here uh, joking and laughing about her, she might hear this and she might try to swing on my ass when she come back to work. But I, I'll keep y'all updated on that front. I don't know if she going to swing on me or not, but you better know that I can fight. So she better uh, come with her shit. Another side note, Tanya and Portia still in that gas with some funny ass shit. Portia was like, girl, I don't know. Get that damn gas and come on. Shit. <laughs> I know that's right, Portia. I ain't about to uh, keep looking back and y'all. I don't know if we can pay for this shit or not. Giddy up, cowboy. Let's go. Now, look, speaking of Portia, <laughs> I know Dennis, the hot dog king, ain't shit. But I've been dating the wrong kind of motherfuckers. He been sending her ass a new Chanel bag every day just because she a good mother. Just because he wanted to do something nice for you today. Oh, you know what? You need to, Portia, teach us your ways. You know, let me go have some kids or something because uh, <laughs> I make it like I'm the one that's going to be pushing them out. You know what, sweetie? Sweetie would approve of this. Not Kim, sweetie. Quavo, sweetie, okay? Kim, I don't know where the hell uh, Kim Zosiak, sweetie, is. This is not sweetie, okay? Your slave is behind you. That that ain't none of my business. I don't know what uh, basement or closet Kim got that lady locked in. We uh, Black Lives Matter. We need to go find sweetie ass. Somebody put up a petition so we can go and find sweetie because now that i think about it i'm kind of nervous i'm real concerned about sweetie did oh i just turned my head and it's a below deck commercial on them people hunching good lord 
Anyway, fuck the hunching. <laughs> fuck the hunching. Okay. Cynthia calls Kenya later on in the episode. Kenya going on and on about, I'm so excited to come to this party. I can't wait. It's going to be so good. I bought a Pilar, a, a, a Harriet Tubman. Do- no, she didn't say Harriet Tubman. Who she said? I bought her a, a Sojourner Truth. Do- no, she didn't say Sojourner Truth. I bought her a, a, <laughs> a Bessie. Do- no, it wasn't Bessie. Wait a minute. I bought her a Coretta Scott King. Now, who was it? I bought her a Rosa Parks doll, you know, something like that. I bought her this, and she's going to love it. I just think it's appropriate. Cynthia said, ooh, that's sweet. Now, keep that gift, bitch, because you can't come. Can't you say, wait, what you mean I can't come? Cynthia asked when and told her everything Lawrence said, and then we get another fourth wall break. Kenya turned around and asked them producers, did you know about this? No, I didn't know about that. We just found it out. Oh, hell no. Somebody got to pay for these uh big, thick-ass lashes I got on. And I can sit up here. Y'all know I try to wear my real hair all the time. I can sit up here and put some gold naked in my damn hair. This itchy shit. Now I can't. You know what? Let me keep going. She called Candy, and that's when her real feelings came out, baby. She said that party is self-serving, and uh, it, it, or at least, you know, Portia is or something. She ain't genuine. Ooh, we that, that that scene was funny as fuck. Not because of what Kenya was saying, but because Candy said, uh, can you can you really blame them? And of course, Bravo and them shady ass producers went back and found every instance they could from the past decade. The past decade of Kenya fucking up folks' events. That was some funny shit. Them folk went back to uh all the way to when uh, Kenya was first invited by Portia to that damn uh, event where Cordell gave her ass that check for her birthday. Now, that was some ghetto shit, Portia. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> that was some ghetto shit. They went back to uh, Kenya more. Hey, can't, they, I'm talking about they traversed the entire decade and found every instance of that woman cutting up on TV. And you know what? That was some funny shit. Now, let me touch on the party. I'm just going to touch on it briefly because it's really not much to say, uh, except that LaToya messy as hell. <laughs> now, LaToya, that interaction between LaToya and Fallon, that was funny as fuck. LaToya told that girl, you look like somebody that dates older rich men and kept asking that lady how many men she dated and all like that. LaToya, stay out these folk business. See, that's why they're trying to put your ass up off YouTube right now because you stay in folk business. Stay out them damn people business and then they, they, they'll leave you the hell alone. Now, look. Portia's reaction to the party was beautiful. She said, y'all don't have to, I don't need to be thanked and all this kind of stuff. She teared up and all this. Now, look, the decor of the party was a little cringe. I will say that it's, I get it though. We're on a TV show. We want to make Black Lives Matter resonate in every household that watches this show. You know, Atlanta gets up in the the two, three million every sing, every single season at some point. So, you know, if it's any way to talk about Black Lives Matter, I'm all here for it. It was a little cringe from the outside in, but I get it. It looked beautiful. Everybody talked. They all had on black. Everybody talked about, listen, I call it a success. Okay. Y'all, let's talk about Salt Lake City. Now, let me give a little disclaimer before I go into it too heavy. The past couple of weeks of Salt Lake City haven't lived up to the first half of the season for me. And it's one reason why there has been less and less Mary Cosby. Now, of course 
for those of you on social media, you know, you follow the housewife pages and fans account and all this kind of stuff. Then you've seen the rumor. I posted it on my page too. You've seen the rumor that Mary wasn't initially supposed to be a full-time housewife. Instead, she was supposed to be a friend of, that's why she was featured like so heavily in the earlier episodes, but then she doesn't come to any other group events in the second half of the season. Now, the production company got switched at the last minute, and so they made the decision to make Mary a full-time housewife. Now, I don't know how true that is, but it makes sense. The thing is, we've gotten to the second half of the season, and now we're just seeing Mary in phone calls with people and stuff. And the reason this show was so, like, social media trending-worthy was because of the mess that Mary was keeping up. Now, we got a little more Mary on the newest episode, so it wasn't as bad as all the other ones. But Jen, oh, God, Jen, you got to calm down a little bit. You know, the people are already saying that you are, you know, it's hard to read you. You're not, you're inauthentic and all this kind of stuff. So you got to be careful. This episode, you showed the blackest part of your ass too. And I don't, I don't know what the hell you is. You, you claim you're black, but I don't think you're black. So you, you showed the, the whatever is part of your ass in this episode. The episode starts off with Mary, they talking to Mary. And I always feel like we catch Mary saying something that she knows she's not supposed to say and she catches herself mid-sentence but she goes on and finishes the sentence anyway mary said she literally sat there and counted all of the houses that she owns because she slipped up and said she has uh, so many houses she doesn't know how many and then she started counting them you know she said oh, you know i have the one in salt lake city and we have the one in orlando you know we love that one we have the two homes in carmel shout out to everybody in carmel indiana there used to be my stomping grounds well not the rich paw you know that carmel you know i was i was kind of down like in broad ripple that's where we was uh going to get drunk and falling asleep outside the clubs and stuff but you know i know carmel i got many friends from there them the people i was getting drunk with you know they, they listen them pot them them wallets is fat and Carmel, okay, and she got two houses in Carmel, so I know that's right, Mary Cosby. She counting all them houses. She says, I think she says something about Chicago. I'm probably lying. I'm maybe making that up. I don't know. They have a New York apartment. All this stuff. Mary said, when we're not there, they're empty. We don't like to share. And you can tell by the look on her face, she caught herself. She was like, oh shit, I shouldn't have said that. Lady, you are a whole pastor, okay? And look, I'm not coming at you, Mary, because I love Mary. I love her quirks. I, you know, even though your ass blocked me on social media, I've gotten over it. No, the fuck I haven't, but I've gotten over it. You are a whole pastor. But then again, so is Jamal Bryan and Eddie Long and, you know, everybody else. So, I'm, I'm going to get my uh my pastor license tomorrow. I'm a, uh I'm gonna be a, I'm you know I'm gonna be sneaking with the deacons too, Mary. So, who just just do what you do, Mary. I'm not even mad at you at this point. I just want more of you on my TV. I love learning about you, Mary, because I feel like every time you give me a morsel, I'm fed for a whole week. We then get a glimpse into Heather's old life, the father of her children, her ex-husband. He comes over, I guess, for Valentine's Day. God, it's crazy that this was all shot so long ago. But he comes over for Valentine's Day. They're exchanging gifts and all this kind of stuff. 
And that's when Heather starts telling stories of their own marriage, how she knew that it wasn't going to work out. She said that they went to the movie theater and they couldn't even finish one of the scary movies they were watching because he had glory holes in them. The man was afraid of glory holes, didn't that child? <laughs> he must have, I think that man saw that scene when Brenda saw Cindy running down the hall and she said, Lord, just mutilate her white ass and leave. Brenda then, she peeked back behind her and Cindy fell on the ground and Brenda perked up. She got happy. She said, ooh, thank you, Lord. Just let her mutilate her white ass and leave. But then Cindy made it around that corner. She said, Brenda, we're gonna die. And Brenda said, well, it would have just been you if you would have shut the fuck up. I guess he didn't like that. He said, uh-uh, we got to get the hell out of here. He said, y'all are taking the Lord's name in vain, our Mormon Lord, and I'm getting out of here. I don't like none of this shit going on. I don't know if he was cursing like that, but hey, it's, it's my imagination. So Heather, you, you did a good job divorcing. He seems like a nice man, though, but if you can't even watch Scary Movie in Peace, leave him. I'm mainly just talking about some of the stuff I noticed throughout this episode because, of course, the main event was Jen's, or well, Jen's husband, Sharif, his birthday party. But can I just say... As much as I like Sarah, uh, what's it, boy? Night, I said Sarah. Sarah, yeah. As much as I like Meredith and Seth, Sarah, he, when they kiss, he, he's one of those people, like, he uses his whole mouth when he kisses her and you you have you ever seen people that kiss like that and he you know a man open his mouth real wide like that he opened his mouth and he engulfs the woman's whole mouth when he kisses her i don't i'm like young miami i don't, I don't like that it was just you looking at it i'm like uh and then you know we watching it on the side of corona they weren't even that corona yet we watching it and it's just like, uh, that's a lot of slob, even for married people to be exchanging. Like y'all, that, uh, that, that's a lot. I don't want to see y'all kiss on TV no more. And that's just on period. I'm not going to lie to you. Let's get to the main event. They go and arrive at Sharif's birthday slash Jen on the spotlight party because it seemed to be way more about Jen than it was about her. But that you know what? That's how all of Jen's parties are. They seem to be way more about everybody, uh, you know, her than the people that's actually thrown for. So, uh, Jesus, we get to this party, <laughs> Whitney throwing her ass in a circle left and right. The funniest thing about this whole party is. The people in the background looked like they weren't even supposed to be there. I don't know if Jen even knew these people or not. Them people were standing around looking like, where the hell am I? Where, where, did, where did Bravo pay me to be right now? What is actually happening? Either that or they didn't know it was a hip-hop party. That lady, one of them ladies had a little bob, one of those little Anna Wintour bobs, and, you know, she had the Anna Wintour coat. She was looking around like, okay, I wouldn't have came in this nice-ass dress had you told me what the hell we was going to be watching. I didn't want to sit up and put on this nice dress and watch Jen Shaw pussy pop in a handstand. Didn't nobody want to see that. I could have stayed home and watched that new Vivica Fox Lifetime movie. <laughs> that one was mad. And then she, them people look like paid extras. Like they should have been in the background. I, she didn't know them damn people. But hey, if you like it, I love it. If we didn't learn anything, we learned that Whitney came to burn 
everybody's house down. Whitney was just came to start some shit. She didn't care who got burned. She was drunk. She was like, look, let me earn this uh, Bravo paycheck so these people ask me back for another season. And let me fuck all this shit up. That lady came, and when I said she threw everybody under the bus, she threw everybody under the bus. First, she told Jen that them people was talking to Mary. Then she told them that, uh, Jen, you said this and that. I don't know what the hell was going on. It was a lot going on. Whitney could barely get her words out. You can tell she was supposed to shoot that scene, but she had gotten a little too damn drunk. <laughs> but it didn't even matter because Jen stormed off fast as hell. Meredith decided she wasn't engaging. I love when Meredith disengages. I don't I don't know what the ending was about. Her, Jen's kids were so shocked about what was going on. They didn't know what the hell was happening. They was wondering why their mama was acting like a damn lunatic and she was acting like a damn lunatic. I don't... Oh, Jen, you a lot. You a lot. The fact that you went out of your way to ruin your husband's party that you threw... You went and grabbed that man and literally pulled him out of the door, went and sat in the back of your truck when one of your kids had to calm you down. Jen, that's a lot. That is a lot. My God. This almost wasn't enjoyable. I don't don't know. That man, (laughs) I don't know. Listen, the fact that your kids had to calm you down, that was giving me major Danielle Staub, season two of real housewives in new jersey tees like do you remember when danielle was about to she was driving over someone's house i forgot what she was about to tell them people i think she was about to pull up on dana ready to fight but then her kids literally had to talk her out of doing it it was like you know what you too damn old for this kind of shit but you know what if you like it i love it you know who else loves it my pioneer ancestors As always, thanks for listening. Want to support me for free? Just head on over to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Podchaser or CastBox and leave me a five-star rating and review. Need to contact me? Just email me, housewivesmarvelpodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram for hilarious memes and all kinds of updates regarding the podcast. That's at housewivesmarvelpodcast. This is Kendrick, and I'll see ya! It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details.
Baker's fresh for everyone. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook Games.